Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, before we get on to our episode, I just wanted to, or we just wanted to have a little chat to you because we've had some changes made uh, by our host who hosts our podcast and they have decided to charge us a whole lot of money that we weren't expecting in order to keep hosting the podcast. And because, as you know, we are ad-free and we would like to stay ad-free, that's sort of something that is important to us, we have decided to open a Patreon account. So the way Patreon works is it's a website that's set up. You can click through from a button on our Be Uncluttered website and choose to sponsor our podcast. It defaults to a $5 per month uh, sponsorship arrangement, but you can lower that amount and customise it to whatever you feel comfortable paying. You can offer as little as a dollar a month and that would be deducted from your account or your credit card. And then that money comes to us to provide us with some finance towards these hosting costs. And that way we can keep showing up, bringing you content every week uh, without the ads because we Mm. all find ads in podcasts annoying and we'd really like (laughs) to keep this ad free. But if we can't start covering a few of these excess costs, then uh, we're going to have to look for other options. So we'd love it if you could jump in and and give something back to the podcast so we can keep showing up for you. Yeah, and not everyone has to, and uh, obviously there's no obligation, uh, but if you did become a Patreon, you would become our very best friends immediately. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But that said, you know, um, no pressure. Uh, We're still going to keep trying to keep this content coming to you, whether you become a Patreon supporter or not, but uh, if you do, we would really appreciate it. So um, on to this week's episode. I think we've talked enough about begging for money and um, it's time to actually talk about uh, coping with negative feedback or bad reviews. This topic came out of a very personal experience that Beck and I had uh, just a few months ago, December of 2019. I received a text from Beck. And she said, have you seen our latest review for our podcast? And I hadn't and I read it and I was a little bit shocked, flawed, hurt possibly. There's a whole (laughs) raft of emotions that were going on. We got a pretty scathing review from one of our listeners on our Apple review platform and we wanted to talk about it. They decided to go all the way down to one star. <laughs> so, and after all of these five star ones, where everyone has spoiled us with five star reviews so far, if we got this one star one, and we were both like, "What? What? Oh no, this is awful!" So, uh, so yeah, we've got personal experience in this, and we can talk about all the phases that we went through in dealing with that that negative review. Yeah, it made us think about. That obviously we're not the only ones that get bad review or <laughs> negative feedback at times, and we thought it would be something to, uh, interesting to discuss because if you experience it in any facet of your either work life or personal life, it can be it can be a bit confronting, and there are a whole range of emotions, and you kind of work through them. And that's why this episode didn't happen the week after we got that review. We needed a <laughs> bit of time to process. 
so that we can discuss it and now laugh about it, which a few months mm. ago we weren't in that zone. We weren't um, quite in the mood for laughing. Although yeah. I must admit, though, like everybody who's listening probably would expect this, but Tara's response to me was so very Tara and so very Pollyanna. I don't rem- know if you remember Tara, but it was like a, oh, well, can't please everyone kind of thing. <laughs> and I don't know if that's what you were feeling on the inside or whether you were just trying to lift me up. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. It was a bit of both. I think it, mm. that initial thing was a bit, I felt like I'd just been slapped. But then I was like, once I got over the initial uh, kind of, I guess, physical response. To, yeah. Yeah. Then I was just like, oh, please, whatever. <laughs> I know. Um, well, they called us boring. And that, to me, that's, you know. That's really insulting. They can call me most other things, <laughs> but, but boring and insular—that's not. That's not. That's not what I want to hear. So yeah, I think my my initial reaction. I got a bit defensive as well. I was a bit like, oh, what? Uh, hang on. Well, maybe maybe that episode was maybe the one they listened to. We were just having a rough day, or maybe. But uh, 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 you know, like trying to jump to some kind of justification for why they would have found. And then it was almost like I want to get in contact with them and go, well, did you hear this one? People have said this episode was amazing. And I'm like, Tara, it's okay. Take a breath. Step back. Mm. I even went so far as to find a quote for this episode that completely validated everything that I was feeling, <laughs> which if any of you have watched the program House with Dr. The character's name is Dr. Gregory House and he just uh, is this really rough character and insults everyone and has no regard for people's feelings. Um, his character is quoted as saying, if nobody hates you, you're doing something wrong. And I was like, yep, I'm going to cling to that quote now until mm. I feel better. And I, there's some great, because well, uh, podcasts are susceptible to reviews the same way that other things are. And I think with podcasts, you know, it's very different to a movie review, I think. Well, no, no, I'm not a movie producer or a screenwriter, so I don't know how bad reviews hurt them. But with podcasting, uh It's done a lot by amateurs who aren't used to it, who aren't in the industry. And when I chat to other podcasters about negative reviews, there is they kind of tend to react the same way that you and I did. And and they sort of the initial reaction is hurt. And then there is an acceptance of it after that, where it's like, okay, so and usually that acceptance comes after a pep talk from other podcasters <laughs> who say, look, you can't please everyone. They probably weren't your target market. You know, if if it means, and, and this is one thing that I told myself as well, and I don't know how true it is, but it made me feel better, was that when you start to get bad reviews, that means that your podcast is reaching people that are outside your fans that existed already. So people who already knew you, you and I from our businesses or people that came on the podcast early, it's reached out past those people and there are now people listening that had no idea who we were before we started the podcast and that's a good thing that the reach is getting out there so and it, it is finding people that aren't our biggest fans but that's okay because it's also finding you know new new fans and it's also finding new people to help as well even if it doesn't help all of them yeah so when we were looking at this idea of talking about negative feedback or bad reviews we had a bit of a think of um, who else beside podcast hosts that might be subject to bad reviews or negative feedback at times 
And most of you have probably experienced this at some point in your life, either through performance reports at work, um, if you've got your own business, or especially if you work in hospitality and retails, quite often um, people put reviews on Facebook or Yelp or some of those sites if they're not happy with the service they've felt. Hmm. And Airbnb and, you know, if, you, if you've got a place on Airbnb or something like that as well, you can get reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, something which is completely foreign to me but I'm guessing there's some of the same feelings in it is meeting people online um, like dating sites or apps and stuff like that where people swipe right, swipe left. Um, I don't really understand Do you know how which way that works. <laughs> no, that's, uh, no. that's terrible. <laughs> I really want to know but I just I don't. I haven't dated since 1996. <laughs> yeah, so I, don't, no I don't think idea. I'd survive. Um, (laughs) online dating world but there must be some element uh, of that which Mm. is quite similar because you are putting yourself out there publicly and then people are making assumptions based on this very small chunk Mm. of information about uh, your suitability so I'm guessing there's some you know I don't know how much feedback you get as such or if it's just something you internalize as a bad review if someone swipes you in whatever the negative direction is. <laughs> oh, God, we're showing our age. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but even relationships and, and dating and stuff like that, um, it's been a long time since I've had a uh, first date, but those things don't always go well. And if they're friends of friends and, you know, the, the mm. detail gets back to you and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, he said you just talk a bit too much. And I was like, well, you know, because speaking from personal personal experience, it was like <laughs> I was well, going to say, uh, you've heard that before, have you? Tyler? Yeah, I'm glad he figured that out early. And if that doesn't suit him, <laughs> then that's great. We've both just saved many months of our lives because this ain't going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can get that feedback in all sorts of ways. And I find that people are probably susceptible a lot to it now as well, just posting online because people mm. put opinions and pictures and whatever out there into the world and there is, you know, not even to the extent of people trolling but just so many people are quite open to put their uh, unfiltered opinions about mm. your post or about your appearance or about what they perceive you are doing or not doing um, in the comments section and quite often that can be negative feedback or mm. like a negative review on what you've put out there. So I think most of us have probably come across it at some point. Yeah, for sure. So what do we do? How do we cope with this? You know, you and I have sort of gone through our coping and we've come out the other side okay. I still don't like looking at that review, <laughs> but I can definitely laugh about it now and it's certainly not bothering me um, at all. But uh, so how, how do we get through it, Tara? Well, I think part of the reason we can laugh about it now is because a bit of time has passed. Like that initial mm. um, kind of reading or understanding or hearing about that feedback it is honestly like a physical reaction. I felt I read that and felt like I'd been punched in the guts, like someone had taken Aww. my baby and thrown it on the ground. And I know <laughs> we're amateur. This is the thing. It's not like, you know, we've poured, you know, we've both remortgaged houses and, you know, done all this training to make this podcast. Like we're just two people that sit in our studies and have a bit of a chat. So it's, but I still felt very 
personally hurt by it because I thought, well, this is, I, I love this podcast. I love doing this. This is something mm. I care about and I care about the content and someone has just like trampled it. And so I <laughs> felt initially punched in the guts. Mm. And I think it's really valid to feel that, but that's where you have to go, okay, cool, I'm feeling this. I need to not react immediately because if I had re- react, I'm, and look, the scenario we're talking about, I can't just go back on and respond to that person um, mm. directly. So it's not like a review on if someone reviewed a business on Facebook and there's an option for you to retort. Yeah. And so there was no kind of uh, forum for that reaction. But it was also like, okay, Tara, just feel what you're feeling and let it sit. Don't go, Don't get out there and get defensive wait for four months Mm. before you do a podcast on it (laughs) Um, so that you can process it. So I think it's that the initial way to cope is just feel it and try not to respond immediately because. Mm. Or um, even just react immediately. You know, I, my reaction was to send it to you because I didn't mm-hmm. know there wasn't anything like I couldn't respond to them and I wouldn't have responded to them without obviously running it by you anyway but I couldn't respond to them we can't you cannot respond respond to Apple uh, reviews but yeah my initial reaction was to talk about it and so what I did is I sent it to you <laughs> I sent it to a friend who is very influential in the podcasting industry in Australia sent it to her and her response was amazing and it, she just it, she was very sweary, so I can't say what it was. But basically, <laughs> she said that review can just go, and you know what? Um, and I loved to hear that. And um, you know, and and she was like, "What? What? What? Really? You know?" And so that was really good. So for me, my initial response was to talk about it rather than respond to it. And I don't know if that is similar to feeling it, or if I jumped ahead and I shouldn't have. No, I, but I think that's good too because it almost diffuses the intensity, doesn't it? Because um, yeah, that's and, and it maybe did, did help me. Yeah, maybe depending on the type of negative feedback that people are feeling or receiving, sharing it might kind of take some of the power out of it. Like if it yeah. feels really one on one, it can almost feel like it could be attached. There's some shame there or like really intense vulnerability. But if you can kind of spread it out, spread the problem. And firstly, other people will react as well, which might validate your own feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people probably respond with humour. But also then it takes away any of the power that was could be uh, entwined with shame because quite often if we feel shameful about something, we just want to hide it and keep it to ourselves, but that does no one any good. So if you kind of call it out and go, hey, and I guess part of this podcast is that same thing, going, look, we're not ashamed of this. This is just something that occurred. I'm not embarrassed by it. It's just something not that anymore. exists. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. But but that's the thing. It takes the power out of it, takes the sting out mm. of it. So I think that whole idea of sharing, um, I think that that can be a really nice way of coping. The other thing... Um, before you respond, if you're in a scenario, if you're talking about a performance report at work and your boss has said, look, I'm really unhappy with um, this outcome from this project or whatever and I feel like um, it lacked effort or it lacked clarity, blah, 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 before you respond, your head needs to be a little bit clear. So you need to go feel it, process it, like we said. Take some time and some space and in most avenues, whether you're responding to 
uh, a bad review online or a person face-to-face, if they've delivered some negative feedback to you, I think you're well within your rights to say, can you just give me a moment or can you just give me five minutes or can I come back or Mm. call you back tomorrow when I've had a bit of space to get my head around this because what comes out after a bit of space will be a lot more considered and probably a Mm. lot more helpful than what would come out initially when you're feeling all those mixed up emotions of anger and hurt and being defensive about it. Defensive, yeah. And I think, yeah, if, if we can, if you can find a way to to get that space, then uh, that would be ideal. And I think that in the workplace, sometimes you might be successful in getting that space, and other times you might not. But hopefully, you can uh, because that would really help a great deal. Yeah, and there's a few things you can remember too when you get uh, negative feedback. Remember that is one single person's unique experience in which their expectations weren't met. It is Mm. one opinion. I mean, potentially if you have a business and you're getting review after review after review that your coffee tastes terrible, okay, maybe that rings some alarm bells and you're okay, there's a a definite problem here. But when one person gives some negative feedback to you, that's about them and their expectations in this scenario. It's not, it's one opinion. It's not a life sentence. And I think quite often we can, it's like when you hear 20 people say, you know, you, you feel great, you go out looking great and you hear 20 people say how lovely you look and one person says, oh, you look a bit rough or <laughs> had a bad day or whatever. That is the one tired? bit of information <laughs> that you hear And that you process all the other stuff, all the good stuff seems to just run off you. But that Mm. one negative uh, little criticism, it kind of is like a dagger to the heart. So I think we have to keep it in perspective. It's one person's opinion and this is not reflective of who you are or how your life will play out. It's just Mm. a moment in time. That reminds me actually of a, a line in Pretty Woman and when he's telling her, that she's more valuable than she thinks and she says the bad stuff is easier to to believe and I think yeah. we do that don't we like we for some reason we believe the bad stuff and quite often we dismiss the the good stuff as insincere or, or something like that but we believe for some reason that the bad stuff is actually more more true or more authentic mm. if you've got this negative feedback and you feel like it's kind of come from left of centre and you're not quite sure, if you have an opportunity to understand the situation more, especially if you're planning to respond, go and do some research first. Investigate why it happened, how it happened, why this might be the case. Is it that the person's expectations were different or too high? Is it that there was a misunderstanding? I think it's really tempting to jump straight in but... um, if you can get a little bit to the core of why the negative feedback, you know, has come, where it's come from in the first place, you can always respond a bit more considered, I guess. The other thing I think is really key to think about as well is you don't always know what the person at the other end is going through. The person that's reviewing your coffee or swiping left or right or listening to your podcast on that day, who knows what their current state is? They could be 
in a whole world of pain. They might be emotionally charged from some other event that's happened in their life. They might be having a terrible day. They might have just been laid off. They might have found out that their their dog died. They, you know, who knows? And then if mm. your coffee or your image on a dating app or your podcast shows up in their life at that moment, it might it be a reflection it. of that yeah. anger at the world, not just you personally. So it's always worth taking with a grain of salt that you don't know where that reviewer's head was at at the time that they experienced your offering. Yeah, for sure. Another approach, though, is to actually see it for look look within that review or that feedback for any truth and take responsibility for the truths that are in that. And, you know, if you do get negative feedback that says, you know, like <laughs> one time I was working in the credit union and I was seconded to a project and I was working with this guy and we shared an office and <laughs> our our boss had to tell me uh, about a weekend that I needed to just shut up because I was driving him insane because <laughs> I was talking all the time. And I was Did like, you say to him, this I'm is just training friendly. for my future as a podcast host? <laughs> oh this poor guy and the guy I was working with was a really nice bloke and we got along really well and we you know we 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 did for years we worked together for years and we got along really well and and I think that it was I had to just stop and say look that's not because he is being um mean to me it's not because he is um having a bad day it's because I talk too much you know and so I had to take responsibility for that and I had to just back off on the constant chatter and try to have conversations when he was ready for conversations, not when I was, which was pretty much all the time. So, you know, if you can step back and have a look at it from a, an objective perspective, you know, what truths can you take out of that and how can you improve and how can you, what could you change that could perhaps be uh, a change for the better um, as, a, as a response to that feedback? Yeah, because that's the thing. There is the potential to learn something and improve sure. on it. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, a line in the sand or a full stop. They, it, especially if it's in a working relationship or something like that, um, it gives you an opportunity to improve and make things better going forward. I think as well, and this is something I always try and keep in mind with my kids, though not always entirely successfully, is about separating the behaviour or the feedback from the the person itself. So with, you know, a review in your workplace, people might be making judgments and giving this negative feedback to you, but it's about your behaviour or your output. It's not about whether you're a nice person or a good person or a bad person. Just mm. so the reason I talk about it in reference to my kids is I remember someone saying to me really early on when my kids were little, not to comment on my children but to comment on my children's behaviour. So instead of saying, um, don't do that, you're bad, <laughs> like you're a bad mm. kid or you're a naughty <laughs> kid, it was like, okay, that's really naughty behaviour or that's bad behaviour and we don't like that behaviour, we won't tolerate that behaviour. Rather than mm. labelling the kid as good or bad, label their behaviour as good as good or bad mm. so that they don't internalise it as much. And I think we can flip it and when we get negative feedback, think this isn't this person is not commenting on the type of person I am. They're commenting on whatever my output is currently 
and I can separate that from who I am. So I'm not going to internalise it and say this person's saying I'm an awful person. They're just saying my output at that time was awful. Um, so try and keep that in mind when that feedback's coming your way. The other thing is if you think there's a genuine reason for the way it was that, you know, your output was a certain way because of something that was either going on in your head or in your environment at the time or there's an explanation, give your explanation. It And this is where I think the space becomes really important. So rather than jumping back and it sounding defensive or like an excuse, if you go away, take the time and then come back and go, look, the reason your coffee was cold that day was because our coffee machine had broken in the morning and it wasn't heating milk sufficiently and we weren't aware till later that day. We're really sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, because sometimes when people hear not just an apology but also a reason or an explanation, they can, you know, have greater understanding that it wasn't that you don't care about the output, it was just that you weren't aware that it was less than sufficient. Or it might be, you know, I was under a lot of emotional stress and I hadn't spoken to anyone about it. But since then, I've sorted that out. And, you know, my performance should be better going forward. So if you have an explanation, pick a time uh, that's appropriate to let the recipient know, but also try and do it free of emotion if you can. So it doesn't just come across like you're trying to pluck an excuse out of the air. The last thing I would say too about it is don't apologize if you genuinely don't think you've done anything wrong. So you can still show empathy and saying, you know, say you're sorry that things didn't work out the way they wanted, but clarify that the source of dissatisfaction wasn't necessarily your fault. So, you know, I was saying to to Beck, if someone came to our podcast looking for a weekly step-by-step guide. Uh, Step one is this, step two is this, to organising, colour-coding and labelling your spice jars. Actually, if you came for that and were disappointed, I'm sorry it didn't meet your expectations, but we never claimed that that's what our podcast was going to do. It's like going to an Italian restaurant and claiming that they don't do great Chinese food. Well, they've never claimed to do great Chinese food. That's not their offering. Their offering is Italian food. And if you buy pizza there and are dissatisfied with the pizza, absolutely leave a review. But if you say they don't do butter chicken and I'm really annoyed or they don't do lemon chicken and I'm really annoyed, well, then that's okay because they're not claiming to do that. So it's like comparing apples and apples. So if there's a misunderstanding, I feel like you don't always have to apologise for it as well you can say you're sorry it didn't meet expectations but actually that's not what you were promising or that's not what you were offering in the first place so Tara maybe also a way to feel a bit better about these negative this negative feedback or a bad review is to think about where it's come from and and perhaps why it has been uh, written yeah look I think so often people will leave a bad review or give negative feedback to people just because that product or that service doesn't meet their expectations. And the problem is you can't manage other people's expectations very well. So in our case, we had all these fabulous five-star reviews um, for our podcast, which was brilliant and, you know, we were feeling very chuffed about. But 
the listener, and I'm pretty sure the listener even made this comment within their review. Yeah, um, yeah they did. That it, they weren't sure why it had so many good reviews, but they went in with an inflated expectation probably because they've seen all these glowing reviews and thought, oh, this podcast must be amazing. And then when we didn't live up to that, they were, you know, disappointed. Mm. Um, but I wonder had they not seen any reviews and went in with absolutely no expectation of what the podcast would be like, whether they would have still felt disappointed or whether they would have just felt ambivalent. Yeah. So, Or I they th- might have not liked it but not been, not felt as ripped off as what they did and mm. therefore not bothered to write a review because they would have just been like, oh, well, I don't like this podcast. No, these these two are boring. Um, then and then off they would go. But because they were like, "Hang on, everyone said that this podcast is good, and it's not." I'm mad. I'm going to write a review so that no one else can be disappointed like this. Um, maybe that was their their rationale. Uh, and and maybe if they hadn't read the good reviews, they would have merely just not liked the podcast instead of being angry at the the disappointment um, about the podcast. So yeah, sense. and. Like you can understand, like if you go to a place and you regularly receive great customer service, be it retail or hospitality or whatever, the time you go in there and you receive just standard service or, you know, subpar service, Mm. you'll be disappointed because you're used to a certain level and you've Mm. built up this expectation about what you get. And then you think, well, hang on, I'm still paying the same amount for my coffee, but I'm not getting the same smile at the uh, cash register. Mm. You know, I feel ripped off. Um, And that's the problem. We create these expectations either in our own head or they're built up from what we've heard or seen other people do. Um, And that's really out of our control. So you kind of just have to factor that in. I think the other Mm. people, the other reason that people... um, will write or offer negative feedback is to help other people out there make better purchasing or consuming decisions. If you've, and think about it when you've bought a dodgy, I don't know, high chair or what, you know, whatever the product is and you think, oh, it had all this hype or it cost this much and I wasn't satisfied, quite often you think, I don't want anyone else to have to go through this. I need to Mm. put my opinion out there. So sometimes it comes from an quite a selfless place for people they'll give the feedback or the review because they want to save others from going through their same experience Mm. and then you know some people will do that because they want some recompense for it they want the company or the organization to address their personal concerns I wasn't satisfied with this and I think you need to make it up with to me either with an apology or a redo Mm or replacement or a refund or whatever it is. So sometimes people will come at it because they feel like they were ripped off and they want their money back or their time back or whatever it is. Mm. And sometimes it could just be as well, uh, I want them to pay for my bad experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they've they've had a bad experience and, and they just feel like someone needs to suffer as much as I did. So I'm going to put up a bad review so that they can feel as bad as I do. Uh, So that could be a rationale behind someone doing it as well. Yeah. And look, when it happens in a work type scenario and it comes from someone internally, say your boss, quite often it's just done to have a person improve their performance. It's not coming from you know, or most of the time it's not coming from, you know, people feeling jealous or bitter or, um, you know, because they don't like you and they want you to pay. It's coming from a point where 
they want you to do the best you can uh, mm. and the best way to get that out of you for you to hire your your output or increase your output is to tell you what's not working uh, and what's letting the team down or letting the project down or whatever it is. Um, So sometimes it comes from a really nice, honest place about trying to get someone to up their standard, up their game. Yeah, like me, to stop annoying David so much. (laughs) (laughs) My boss is like, can you just leave him alone <laughs> he's, he's the poor guy he's driven he's got a, all these deadlines and you're rabbiting away next to him so and I went yeah okay sorry about that well and the, the thing is sometimes actually it has nothing to do with the person it's all about the person that left the review it's got nothing to do with you at all it's uh someone's either had their bad day or they're feeling jealous or they're feeling resentful and they just want something to make them feel better about themselves and the best way mm. to do that is to put someone else down or to try and squash someone else's success and that kind of stuff you have to just accept that it happens mm. um, and once you've gone through all those other things like we said give yourself space see if there's any truth or wisdom within the review and that kind of thing there are going to be instances where there's no valid foundation for this bad review or negative feedback and you just go well you know I can't do anything about it. It just, it just is. Just let it go. Just let it mm. flow. Yeah, let the let it roll off your back. Mm. And if you're like me, you can go looking to see if, <laughs> like, as I was processing the bad review weeks later, and I was like, ah, oh, a bad review is really bad for your podcast. And you can Google stuff like that, and there's a wealth of good information out there. <laughs> and like in our scenario, I found out that getting a bad review on your podcast is not a bad thing. Like you said, it shows that you've got reach beyond uh, your immediate circle and your existing fans. But also there's a lot of evidence out there to say people become really sceptic when you have all glowing reviews. And I think about this and I think the same when I look up uh, coffee at a coffee house or I look up, you know, for the reviews on a restaurant or something like that. It doesn't seem trustworthy sometimes if all of those reviews are five-star. So Mm. a few unhappy customers is pretty normal and it kind of adds that level of authenticity then to your reviews, showing that it's not just you that's got 20 of your best friends to all write a review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Actually, it was this this particular uh, person that I sent that review to when I was first, you know, upset by it. Uh, she came back saying um, it's uh, probably some other podcaster's mum, <laughs> which made me laugh. I mean, obviously it's not true, but it made me laugh. And so, yeah, it sort of, um, yeah, it, was, it made me laugh. It was good. Yeah. And if it's if it's in relation to your position um, at work or something like that or, or an output that you've got, you've given uh, as part of your job, at least it gives you a concrete area to improve on then you know exactly where you need to put your energy and your attention and your focus. So you get the opportunity to turn this negative into a positive by blowing people out of the water with your next attempt or your next offering. Hmm. And in our case, you can turn a whole podcast episode into it and have one less uh, episode idea to think of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's how we flipped it. We took our bad review and turned it into 35 minutes of rambling. Chatting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. 
So, yeah, if you wanted to chat with us about any time you have had a negative review or if you've had some negative feedback at all and you wanted to chat about it, uh, please join us in our Facebook community group. We can have a big discussion about all of the horrible things said about us and and how we're coping with it and how we're turning that around. So we would love to hear from you in there. And um, until next week, see you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.